It's come down to this. 100 laps. Five to go. At the line. Five cars nose and tail heading down into turn number one. It's anybody's race. Inside Florida Racing. It's definitely crunch time. Somebody's going to have to make a move. Three laps to go as they cross the start finish line. Going down into turn number one. They start to fan out. Coming off a of two. They're side by side down the back straightaway. Inside Florida Racing. That's it. Coming off a of turn four. White flag in the air. Checkers and wreckers. Anybody's race as they go down to turn number one. They fan out. Two by two. Three wide. Coming off a of turn number two. They get sideways. Down the back straightaway. Someone breaks loose to the top. Trying to make the run up for the high side. Going to do it the hard way around. Coming around four. There's still two by two. Three cars drop back. It's one car coming out sideways. Two's on the inside. Coming to the line. It's anybody's race. Inside Florida Race. Inside Florida Racing. 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 exciting weekend of racing everything from uh the local tracks to the big boys running over there in daytona oh yeah a lot of a lot of racing action this weekend um now i was up at desoto super speedway so i saw the tbara sprints and of course no surprise our man dave Steele won what did you think about them uh out there on their track uh the sprints out there, i thought it was it was great. It, it was a it was a great race. Um, it was actually a very clean race. There was um, only one real problem with a, a a right rear tire coming off one of the cars, but he was able to hold it together and, and not cause a, any accidents when he had that problem. But um, there was a, unfortunately low car counts from the, in the bombers and pure stocks and street stocks and the open wheel modified. Surprisingly, there was only five showed up. That's not surprising, according to Jack. But, uh, you know, Wayne Jefferson, the Rocket Man, was there. Ralph Bowman was there. <laughs> okay, here's what you need to do. You want to put more people in the grandstands? It's real simple. Raise the pit. Instead of charging $30 for people to get in the pits, raise it to 50 And then um, um, raise the front grandstand. Instead of charging 15 and 20 for those specials, charge 45 and 50 and I guarantee you, you'll have more people in the in the grandstands and in the back gate area, pit area, because people like to pay more, and they feel like it's a better show if they're paying a lot more for it. Go back to running the board. Yeah, uh, turn his mic. Watch him tonight. Dis- He's disable that reform. microphone, please. Um, um, so go go ahead about uh, um, the the car count at uh, the five cars in the modified class. Yes. Um, the Modifieds have been struggling, I think, for the last couple of years, but their struggle to race there at DeSoto uh, has just gotten to be more and more. He had a good class, and now he doesn't, and I guess John will have to call here and tell us how come he doesn't have any Modifieds there. Was his son racing? I do not know. You didn't see Sapricone? Little Johnny Sapricone, and what is it, the 88? Oh, I thought it was the number one, but that might no, be uh, Jefferson's Wayne Jefferson was, number number, one. was right. driving the number one. How could I forget? And, uh, <laughs> Rocket Man's number one. Rocket Man is number one, and then uh, Ralph Bowman was driving the number two car, and then uh, Brian Rogers in the number 77 came in third. Um, so know, I guess, you know. So they, had to, they went from a, being a 50-lap race to a 25 because there was only five open-wheel modifieds. Well, how how many were in the TBARA? Twenty. Twenty. So they're still carrying a good show. And uh, did the show seem any different now that they have a new 
head honcho there? No. Lenny's running it. Doesn't see any different. It didn't. It didn't seem any different to me. Um, it was a very, uh, I consider, a very good, clean race, and uh, <laughs> it was a very good, clean race, and um, it was it was fun. It was a fun race to watch. They started off with twenty. They ended up, I believe, with seventeen. Um, finished the race, and I believe we have Bobby Deal on the phone right now. Bobby. Good evening. Good oh, evening, Bobby. Bobby. Deal. Hey, How Bobby. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, We're doing good. good. Uh, How are you? I enjoyed myself at uh, your racetrack there at uh, Charlotte County Motorsports Park on Saturday night. Appreciate the hospitality that I was shown. You were actually hey, nice sure to me and welcomed me. To see that little uh, little boy of yours. He sure is big. Yeah, he's getting bigger and bigger all the time. Um, I noticed you had a, quite a few fans in the stands there. Um, looked like a great crowd and uh, doesn't seem like you had a... Uh, drivers that were enthused about coming what do you think's going on there well uh you know there again the economy is really tough uh we've got um you know people in charlotte county are losing their homes so it's uh racing is um a blue collar sport especially i mean we're not talking about next cup that's just a marketing deal uh but um you know it, it's tough for these guys to uh make it week to week so you know, we just keep going and trying to help them any way we can, you know. Well, Jack says it's a trend, but I kind of hope it's not. You know, I hope that things do kind of turn around. Hand him that paper. But uh, go ahead and uh, call us. Uh, tell us about uh, why you're calling. Bobby Deal. Yes, ma'am. Um, we lost a very dear friend in racing this week. Um, would you tell us how that went this weekend, the services and uh, for Mr. Firestein? Yeah, yeah, it, um, you know, he was 58 years old and, um, pretty much, yeah, I, I'm still 12, so I'm still learning, you know, and he's like one of my mentors. And we used to spend hours on the phone. And in fact, it was funny, um, because anytime, uh, a lot of times he had to work in the evenings and couldn't make the race. And he didn't want me to call him to see how the races went and to see how Jeff did or whatever. But he would literally talk me all the way home to make sure I didn't fall asleep at the wheel. Just that kind of friend. Um, the man was all about motorsports. I mean, he was Jimmy Cope's uh, car owner for the Hooters Cup thing with the Miller car and uh, been around forever, was part of Charlotte County's. Uh, he had Johnson Towing, and that was part of Charlotte County's towing program from the very beginning. And uh, just just a, a great guy all the way around, uh, very you know, big family loving guy. Uh, Jeff obviously was, he, you know, just lived vicariously through him. Uh, I think, you know, uh, I only saw Frank get mad one time at uh, Burt Thomas, and uh, I think it, it hurt Frank more uh, for the next couple of weeks before he could sit Burt down and talk to him, you know. Uh, he was a real gentle giant, and um, always, you know, when you got through talking to him, he pretty much made his statement, and you, you may not have agreed with it, but the next time that you had a conversation about something else, you'd remember most of the time he was right. Um, you know, just to, he had a lot of insight to motorsports, and, uh, you know, we lost a dear friend. That's why we're going to make this weekend 101 laps um, kind of a, a tribute to him, not a memorial. But, uh, you know, the, the extra lap is kind of, you know, so everybody remembers Frank type of deal he just uh he had about 200 people at the service and 
there was every it was amazing because there were so many people that had called and just said please tell Jeff you know we're at Daytona or we're here or we're there and a lot of the guys racing you know they they wanted to be uh, you know they they had their commitment to their sponsors and their family they gave up all the time to do it uh, you know to go to the funeral a lot of people just don't like funerals you know so uh, but it was it was pretty neat um, you know the hardest thing was to write about it from uh, a standpoint of what I thought of Frank as Frank, not just Bobby's friend, you know, which he truly was a dear friend. And, uh, you know, uh, he may be gone, but he'll never be forgotten. Uh, he's one of those people, a rare entity. I've seen Frank at many, many tracks in Florida, and I have never not seen him helping somebody. Always. Oh, he was one of the things, uh, you know, I kind of, well, I was struggling with how to bring it out and talk about the man as Frank was. And so I came up with the idea that, you know, maybe I need to kind of take it a step beyond, uh, you know, being uh, talking about my experience with him. But, you know, I, I did it with that Frank wore many hats. And one of the things you're exactly right about it, I never saw a man work harder in my life. But if a racer wrecked, whether he knew him or not, he would spend untold hours pulling and banging and doing a magical job of getting it back to the racetrack and he'd never charge him and he you know he did it for the love of the sport and the and the passion that he you know you know brought to the sport uh, you know which was really neat you know uh, he fixed a lot of people's cars and and just wanted to see him get back on that racetrack you know? I believe he was working with Jeff all day Saturday wasn't he yeah yeah and, and Jeff won that race too yeah yeah he did he did and the last thing that um, uh, that he said before, you know, one of the things he always said to Jeff was when he was leaving was bring home the gold, you know. And um, they went back, and, and Sunday afternoon we're talking to Dad, him and Dean, and, uh, you know, he, Dad said he just didn't feel very good, had like a stomach virus, and uh, went home and, uh, you know, stepped up to the next level. Um, and, you know, Jeff's pretty devastated. Uh, in fact, I told him, he, you know, Jeff has a late model. And uh, I, I, I told him, just, I don't want your late model out here because, um, you know, short of winning, you'll be depressed. And, and God forbid you don't want to put yourself in that type of uh, negative jeopardy. So he's going to drop the green flag. Uh, he's going to go out there and win the Road Warrior race with, the, you know, the pumpkin game, I call him. You know, all the guys from, uh, you know, he's got a great network of good friends that are very much supportive, like, like all the other racers, you know. Uh, but, you know, that's a loss that we all go through. It's a cycle of life. It's just um, it's hard. And we lost Mr. Boyd also, uh, which is, is another entity. You know, I mean, that's, that's another uh, gentleman that, oh, Jesus, that's I feel so bad about that. Well, yeah. And Richard Taylor called me and, and, and talked to me and emailed me about, you know, uh, that was his motor builder and mentor of Spencer for so, so many you know years. And, uh, you know, it, it's hard because I guess you, you cry and you, the tears are more for your, yourself than the person because you're the one that's lost. I mean, we're, they, they, they stepped up to the next level. You know? Well, Jason and Jeffrey, um, my heart goes out to them. Oh, God, yes, for sure. Uh, you know, it's, it's something that, um, you know, I've been through, um, but there's no way to explain it. You know, it's... it's Something that only time, it never heals it. It just makes it more bearable. You know, um, it's really neat. Uh, Dean, uh, 
Bertram is made up of pictures for uh, Frank when Frank was sitting on a golf cart with Bodie uh, at the races <laughs> and just uh, in memory of that we're going to put on all the late models. So this will be a neat tribute to the man. Uh, he truly was uh, an icon in, in the short track racing. Yes. Well, we've lost two giants in our racing area, and um, I know both of them well, and I know that neither one of them want us to sit around crying and and just eulogizing them. We should remember them with happiness and um, move on, go well, forward. And to remember them for the passion they had for the sport we all love. Yes. Uh, I mean, they were, you know, pillars of the community, and, you know, time moves on. Uh, we're all only here for a short while. And in fact, I ended up with uh, the, the speech or whatever you want to call it, the eulogy, with, you know, that Frank basically taught me three things, all the hats that he wore, and one was to always have a gold high enough to challenge you and, and be just do the best you can, but most of all, never hurt anybody on the way. And that's why they both lived their lives. I mean, you know, the, the, they both pushed the envelope of the, the rules to the limit, and that was the challenge, you know, of what they needed to do from their part of industry, and whether it was rooting their driver on or whatever. They, they, they had a passion for the sport. It was deep within them. Well, Bobby, we need to move on here. And with that, you know, our deepest condolences to the Boyd family and the Firestein family. And thank you so much for coming on. And Thanks for being part of the sport, guys. Take it easy, Bobby. Bye. See you Saturday night, Bobby. All right. Bye-bye. Well. Okay. Well, we have a um, quite a lineup tonight on Inside Florida Racing, don't we? Yes, we do. Well, we have a lineup, but not all those people are actually going to be on the show. Oh, okay. Well, why don't you go ahead and read us the lineup of who you think is going to be on, Jack? Well, I think we're going to have Jerry Benner on. I know we're going to have Jerry Benner on, and we're going to talk to Phil uh, Shriver. We're going to talk to Bobby Orr. We're going to talk to uh, Logan Ruffin, 13-year-old who... uh, he uh, definitely uh, proved uh, this past uh, nine days that he really can drive a race car, and uh, he created a ton of fans in uh, in Florida and around the country, really around the country because the audiences uh, every night at the World Series of Asphalt Stock Car Racing were from all over the country, and they saw this young man come out and actually uh, prove that at 13 he could, he could get it on. And we're also going to talk to uh, Tim Russell, who was this year's, Pedor Sportsmanship Award winner and David Steele. So those those people we know, we're probably not going to be able. To, we haven't been able to get in touch with Mark Keeler. We really wanted to talk to Mark because Mark uh, uh, made his debut this month as the uh, full time announcer at uh, New Smyrna Speedway, and uh, uh, Mark certainly has the gift of gab, and he did a great great job. He did one of the most incredible announcing jobs Every, i've ever seen everybody bragged about his his deal i mean everybody bragged about he was him. amazing i'd love to see him do that again um and you went back there to with with logan ruff and my goodness that kid he, he's like a little gentleman when he gets out there on the track it's hard to believe he's 13 he won all the he's won everything he's yeah. just doing such a great job and he's so humble and polite and friendly wonderful watching that kid that's that's nice to see when they're humble he is. They he's he's very grown up head. for a 13-year-old. Where's he been racing at? He, well, I just saw him up at New Smyrna. Mm-hmm. And we'll let him do some bragging. 
what a weekend for racing. Holy smackers. I was up at New Smyrna Friday, the Bush Race Saturday, the Big Race Sunday. Woo. That was The happy. Big Race. Now, uh, your man um, Tony Stewart almost. I am going to beat the crap out of Kurt when I see him. <laughs> Well, you know, it's Tony's fault. He should have stayed up in that high line. I know. And I, I, know I believe. I believe the twelve, and and the twelve and the two, they'd have been happy to finish second and third. Now you see, guys, I was happy because you know I'm a Dodge girl, so I was really happy with. The, I was happy none of those guys. The, none of those guys got hurt. That was good because they didn't really have a big wreck, which was good. No. You know, so uh, the first see, half of you, both races were sleepers. I mean, we we literally took naps. Well, did you see the the big wreck in the truck race though on Friday? Oh, night? that was no, horrible. Oh, yeah, it. it's like it was like in lap three or four, took eight trucks out, and one got engulfed. In five. Oh, hey, Dave, it's Cece. <laughs> oh, did you hear that? <laughs> what a segue that, that was, huh? Oh, <laughs> okay. folks, uh, we're going huh? to the phone. We've got uh, we David, David Steele Steel. on the phone there. David, how are you doing? Good. How about you guys? <laughs> Doing, doing great. Doing real well. So, uh, Dave, it was a great race Saturday night at DeSoto Super Speedway. Yeah, we had a pretty good, ended up pretty good for us anyway. Well, yes, it did. Yeah, you took first place Saturday night, and uh, you started in the middle of the pack. There were 20 cars. You started right around ninth. Yeah, we, uh, TVRA, how they do their invert um, on a point system, it's, uh, it, it uh, leads up to a pretty competitive race normally and uh it showed that uh last saturday night now um in lap six there was the yellow because of uh, the number 88 lost its uh, rear right tire did that cause any problems for you getting around them Mm, no i don't think i forgot where i was at um actually I'm, i'm not sure if the yellow hurt me or not it probably yeah i didn't think like person had trouble that caution was the 88 didn't look too good for him yeah that was uh luckily nobody else got tangled up with him during that but it was great you, you started in the middle of the pack you ended up coming out in uh, in first place and um it was nice to see you again and this young man that um was also racing blaze martin in the number five he he did a really good effort, and I guess is is he sort of like on your team? Yeah, actually, that's uh, my teammate for this year, uh, Gary Green. Uh, um, Green Development owns both uh, my car and Blaze's car, and uh, the kid's a rookie, and he's had uh, he was the only driver of Speed Week that finished in the top five all four nights. So um, he's off to a pretty good start. Yeah, he was quite impressive to watch, and uh, I think he could learn quite a lot by watching you race following your line. I don't know about that, but, um, you know, he's got a good car to drive. Lee Supre, he's a um, buddy of mine, and he's been working on his car. Um, but the kid, I mean, for I think he's had maybe two or three sprint car starts uh, before this season, and uh, like I say, he had a top five all uh, all through Speed Week, so... Um, who knows, he probably get a win before the year's up, I would imagine. Well, Dave, uh, th- this is Rob Elting, uh, Bonehead, uh, your old buddy you grew up with in Tampa. Oh, yeah. Um, how you doing, man? I haven't talked to you in a while. I just uh, got my speed shop going here and just staying pretty busy with that and, and doing some racing as well. So I'm um, just keeping busy. Is your dad doing okay? Yeah, he's doing good. He's uh, um you know, he's retired, and now he's he's running his car 
um, and the TBARA races, so he stays busy too. So uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, is there going to be a future again at the uh, Indianapolis 500 for David Steele ever? Oh, I don't, I kind of doubt that. I'm getting up there in age now for what those guys are looking for. Um, And plus it's still, uh, for the most part, I mean, there are exceptions. For the most part, it takes uh, it takes some money to get to get a shot there in that deal. So um, unless something ex- extraordinary came along, I wouldn't I wouldn't count on it. Yeah, um, maybe uh, tell some of the fans out there listening what what it's like to uh, um, uh, do that. You know, you've you've raced a lot. You know, for some of the fans listening, they may not know that David Steele's past and and really how long he's been racing he, um maybe tell the folks how long you've been racing and how it culminated up into getting a deal that put you um through many days of may uh one year at, at indy and you almost uh, made it into the 500 maybe talk about that a little bit um well shoot if i i'll show my true old age if i <laughs> tell you how long i've been racing it i don't know it seems like forever since i was i don't sprint since i was 16 anyway so um, I'm 33, not real sure what the math is on that. And then, uh, you know, Four, to go up north, uh, Jack Nolan with quick little boat trailers gave me a car and, and sent me up north to run some USAC stuff and, and, uh, just kind of did some of that and got opportunity to run at the speedway there and, and, uh, gotten a, uh, crash testing for the race and, uh, wasn't able to get the car or get funding to, to get another car for the race so that just kind of fizzled out in that deal so um that's about it well, what's it like to drive around that racetrack it's fast i mean it's uh you know those cars going over 220 it's uh it's certainly an experience hurts hitting the wall that fast too yeah so you didn't really uh get too hurt i know you hurt you a little bit hurt your pride and you did end up coming back home did you end up getting to watch the race and Stay there throughout yeah, the uh, May. We had a. There's actually I had a um, suspension. There was a the car we were driving that they had a, some bad rear uh, A arms, and one of them broke on our car, and it didn't work out too good for us. But uh, um, yeah, I mean I got have a place up there, so uh, you know I was up there, spent most of the summers up there since '96, uh, 1996. So um, I was. I, seen quite a few of those races actually what year was that um i want to say 99 yeah it's somewhere around there so now it brings you to where you're at today and you're still driving these some winged and some unwinged and whatever kind of fast sprint type cars you can get in uh how long do you see yourself continuing to race i don't know i mean i can't do it forever so um you know that's why i try to get my speed shop going here um you know, but as long as I can still be competitive and run up front, uh, you know, I'll probably still do it. <laughs> as Gee, long that as you, ought to be a big problem, huh? As long as you can still win every week or every <laughs> time you go. Um, uh, maybe uh, give me your insight a little bit about the uh, TBARA and the split and, 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 you know, what's your take on that deal? Um, with Don, the split know. with Don, obviously. Well, first, I mean, the T-Ray has been, been around forever. I think it's a um, well-respected club, and it's certainly, um, you know, I'm proud to say it's, it's where I came from. It's kind of my roots. So, mm-hmm. um, 
Uh, they just had a meeting at the end of uh, the end of '07 season, and uh, the majority of car owners voted for a, a change in the officers up um, that's running the club. So that's where we're at now. I mean, it's unfortunate; it kind of caused a split. Um, you know, so there's a handful of teams that won't come race TBRA, but um, you know, I think eventually we'll get the car. I mean, the car counts were decent. I I think there were. There's about 22, 23 cars at DeSoto. A couple of them broke before the feature started. Uh, um, but I think a full field at TVRA, if I'm not mistaken, is 24 or 26 cars. So, um, you know, I think in the next few races they'll get it back up to a full field without a problem. Do you think you're going to maybe uh, race uh, one of those wingless cars in Don's group, maybe if you can sometime? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, part part of the um, thing that, that's kind of bad about that is if uh, um, some of the, some of the outfits go run for less money. So if a um, if everyone goes and races that, you know, track promoters will say, "Why bother getting TBARA to come in when they got a higher purse?" Um, so why we, we'll just kick them out and get these guys to come run where. Um, you know, it, it costs more money to run, you know, to put on a good show, I think, uh, to put super equipment out on the track. It costs the car owners a lot of money. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's uh, well-deserved that the TBRAA um, purses are a little bit higher than, like, the, some of the non-wing clubs. So um, who knows? I mean, ho- I'd like to see all those guys just get back together and, and – uh, put all their misunderstandings behind them and go go run but right that you know in a perfect world that would be great but uh as you know with our late model racing that we're still trying to do uh they've still never figured that one out so yeah i mean it won't anytime a group splits up it i mean it just it's really bad for the um i mean it's bad for the fans i mean you can look at anything irl cart split uh world outlaw um you know, when they split up, uh, you know, it never really seems to work out. And they're always, and I, I think down here, um, there, there isn't really enough teams for half of them to be mad and not go run with the other half. Mm-hmm. It's just basically just split them up. So hopefully, I mean, people put their problems behind them and just go race. Do you, you know, the sad thing is, though, Dave, I think, uh, as a trend, you know, uh, me and Jack were talking about the trend and people not having any money and we're going through a recession. If times continue to go like they are and property values continue to plummet and gas prices continue to go up, I think what you're going to see is probably the purses have to go down and uh, us as drivers, we're going to have to say, hey, if we want to still have tracks to race at, we're going to have to support them at whatever price that they're putting out um maybe they'll have to do less laps or have to come up with a tire that lasts longer or something but well that's what i was just wondering when you mentioned that rob you know if the purses are going to be smaller do races with smaller shorter races and something besides just a cash purse something else to sort of subside subsidize it what do you think dave 
No, it would have to I, match. I guess what she's saying is like Bed Bath and Beyond, Dave. Bed Bath and Beyond. It's tough and oh, it's man. tough in your kind of racing that you do because it the cost to think is up there. It's very do. expensive and I I think uh when I look at late model purses and I look at the T B A R A purse, I mean the T B A R A purse is not uh really a purse that's that extravagant when you look at what they'll pay some of these late model races, you know? No, I mean, it's not. And, you know, the price of race car parts, I mean, are constantly going up. Um, the cost to get to the track, obviously, everybody knows the price of gasoline and diesel fuel. So the cost to get your car to the track is outrageous now. I mean, it's a two-sided deal. It's costing more and more for car owners to put their car on the track. And, you know, I'm aware it's costing the promoters, their cost is going up, too. So, I mean, there's two sides of it. So the car owners can't, you know, really go for that much more or less. The purses have for, and, and this isn't just TBRA. I mean, USAC's the same thing. The purses have been what they have been for years. And, right. But the cost of the parts, the cost of tires go up, parts go up, um, motel rooms go up, um, traveling expenses go up. But, you know, the payouts are about the same. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't see guys racing for less money is the answer. I mean, it, obviously times are tough. I mean, it's harder, um, you know, for the fans to, to scrounge up some money to go to the races and mm-hmm. have the gasoline for them to get to the races. It's just, I mean, it's definitely hard times. Um, well, we haven't even, we haven't even seen hard times in, in our life yet. I mean, because times could get seriously bad, Dave, to where parts, you're not even going to be able to afford to buy parts for your car. These guys that have these parts that are so expensive, um, they're going to end up having to drop all their prices on all their stuff in order to be able to sell them. That would be bad times. Right. And, you know, another thing, I, you know, part of the car count is, is uh, you know, a lot of these car owners are, are businessmen, and, and uh, you know, if their businesses are down, sometimes they got to cut off their hobby, which is racing, so they got to scale back on that. So That's true. You can only write off so much. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I, it, it's just a tough deal for everyone. Well, hopefully things will start turning around and, and benefiting everybody. And I and I think we, we've talked about this before, Rob, and I think pretty, pretty much everybody's in agreement that we, we need to do something to make racing affordable for everyone so we can get more people, more fans in the stands and the car counts back up. It'll all come back around, and uh, they keep paving all the. T- I mean, uh, making dirt tracks out of all the paved tracks, and the fans will come. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave, are you gonna go race at Ocala? You you gonna race at Ocala? Well, it's dirt. I'm I'm pretty much a pavement guy. So yeah, but come on, you got to go back, and surely you've raced on the dirt plenty. Yeah, but I can't. I can usually talk the car owner. Let me drive their pavement car. I said. My dirt credentials aren't all of that. Uh, <laughs> my payment credentials are. So it's yeah, that's true. The ride. Well, uh, anyways, uh, we got to get going. Uh, I appreciate your time that you give us, and uh, you know, uh, keep the wheel side down. You know, you, you tend to be able to do that. You've, you've made it all these years, and I want to see you race many more. All right, appreciate it. Congratulations on your win, David. All right, thanks. Talk to you guys later. Yes, right. sir. Have a good one. Bye, bye. There you go, uh, multi-time winner of uh, TBRA races and many other sprint races and USAC. And he knows how to work through that 
work up the track, work through the crowd of cars. He's he's it's always fun to watch him. So, race, Cece, what was the winning margin? Bottom line, what was the winning margin at DeSoto on sun, Saturday night? The winning margin? Yeah. Well, how, how bad? Much, how bad did he win? How how, how 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 close was the finish? Uh, he was pretty way out there, way out front. Yeah. Um. Oh heck, I don't know. It, it, it probably it, at least a according, a, at least at least at least a couple car laps, a car, lengths. car lengths. Okay, really, but he came from the back. He, yeah, he was in the middle. Actually, he made the pass on the last lap to win the race. I'll say this about Dave for real. True, he did. He made the last. Truthfully, the, the man has run so many laps at so many other tracks, and I remember watching many USAC races and watching those uh, wingless mm-hmm. USAC midgets on tv and watching him race and come from the back and when you know the guys on tv they always have their favorites that they talk about you know and when you have one that you Mikey. like yeah, when you have one that you like you know and and it's USAC, you know and they got all these guys they never talking about i remember he used to win races okay he'd come from the back and win a heat race and they they barely even talk about him you know wouldn't even go to him and do an interview with him you know if he won the whole thing you know because it wasn't it wasn't uh ryan newman at that time, you know, that's who was racing in that deal then. But, um, you know, it's very interesting to have a guy like him on the show. You know, he's a very interesting character and uh, actually a, a really great race car driver, mm-hmm. as, as you got he's to see. very down-to-earth, nice person. And I think our little friend Cece here is quite, quite smitten. She's quite smitten. <laughs> She's, if you can She's still on. glowing. If you can hold on to a steering wheel and make successful lap after lap after lap on a racetrack, CC will be smitten with you. Oh, now, come on. That's not fair. Well, it's not fair, but that's the way it is. <laughs> it's not fair to Brian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he doesn't mind. He just keeps snapping away all the pictures of me and the race car drivers. So, uh, Jack, do we have so, anybody So last week, so last, or last week, last month, uh, Terry Wall and I uh, had the opportunity to talk to this young uh, 13-year-old race car driver from... Uh, um, middle America here. Up there? Up there. And uh, uh, I remarked to Terry, Terry and I were commenting on it afterwards. Uh, you know, Terry and I, between the two of us, we probably interviewed in the last 10 years probably three or 400 kids under the age of 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there, you know. We've interviewed a lot of young kids. And I, I remarked after we talked to uh, this young man that, Nobody was even close. This kid was the most well-spoken young man that we had ever talked to. And uh, then we were able to meet Logan Ruffin down at the Lakeland Speed Fest. And uh, he, uh, he he held his own pretty good there in the in the 100-lap race for the Crate, crate uh, Late Models. And then that, in, the, in the last nine days, uh, of course, uh, New Smyrna's had their World Series of Asphalt Stock Car Racing, which is nine straight days. Of course, they had a rain out, but... They had nine straight days of racing, and uh, Logan Ruffin, uh, he went and showed him that he's, uh, he is the real deal, and uh, so we thought we'd bring him on tonight because he, he has now a whole new fan base, I'm sure. Um, welcome to Inside Florida Racing, Logan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So uh, you think you got some new fans? I hope so. I mean, uh, well, we had a great run down there at Speed Weeks, and uh, I, I, I'm sure we did it. We had so much fun, and we got to go up in the stands a few times, and I got to talk to some people. Uh, there are people there from from the Netherlands, and I mean, people there from all over the country, and we got to meet so many people. I mean, I'm sure we had some new fans. 
Well, tell us tell us about how how the whole deal went down there for you, and uh, you know how, how you uh, made out. Well, uh, we went down there, and we expected, and we wanted to get seat time, and we wanted to have race cars, no scratches, be able to roll roll the car on the trailer every night, and say that we had a good race, and that we got to make good laps, and we learned something. And we went out there the first night, and we started. I think it was 19th or 18th. And we ended up finishing sixth, and you know that we thought that was good. Didn't hurt the car, just like we wanted to do. And the second time we came out, and we blistered them. Just, I mean, we were very fast, and uh, we so that was our first win, and we were just shocked. Nothing like we expected. Did way better than we ever thought we would, and still, car was clean as could be. And we did that three more nights in a row, or no, two more nights in a row. Ended up with three wins down there. And then after that, we had, a, I believe, a fourth and a third and ended up winning the points championship. Let me tell you something. I was there the other night, and the crowd was screaming. They were so excited about you. Do not be modest. Hello? <laughs> it, we were, I mean, it was just so exciting because... But we didn't, it was nothing like we'd expected. We never heard the, we brought, we basically brought another car in pieces in our trailer. We expected to have problems. We didn't, you know, that's what we expected. We expected to have to replace a nose and a rear bumper and some fenders and things like that. And we, we didn't. We, we did so much better than we thought getting our three wins in a championship that we were just amazed. And it was a great week. You keep doing what you're doing because you've got some many, many fans out there, and you are far ahead of your years in uh, maturity. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Actually, actually, I think he knows that. Uh, Logan, um, where did you start on the uh, the last night? On the last night, oh. And that's the night, the, or night seven, actually, when you you finished fourth. Do you remember where you started that night? Eight. Eight. We, we started eight, and be, being with these being crate cars and everything, the motors being so equal that unless you're on somebody's bumper pressuring them, trying to make them mess up, it's so hard to catch back up in the past that once we got spread out, we couldn't really do anything. So, I mean, and then the last night we started uh, second row outside, fourth place. And ended up getting third. Where are you from? Brentwood, Tennessee. Brentwood, Tennessee. You got racetracks up there that you race at normally? Oh, uh, the uh, Music City Motorplex, the fairgrounds here. And then uh, also at Huntsville, Alabama is our other local track, I guess. Tell us a little bit about your racing career. Well, uh, we started out in quarter midgets. And, uh, we How old were you when you started? Eight. And uh, well, we started out in a senior novice car, which is as low as I could go, and built to a double-A modified car, which is as high as you can go. And we won basically every race there is to win in a quarter midget and uh, moved up into a mini-cup car and got second in the nation in points and missed the championship by one point in those cars. And let's see, from there we moved to actually a Bandolero and a Pro Challenge car at the same time. 
and we raced the Bando a few times and never finished out of the top five. And we raced the Pro Challenge car for, I believe, a half of a season and never finished out of the top ten and got 15 or 16 top fives out of our 20-some-odd starts. And we ended up getting a legend car. Well, well, we had a legend car, and I was practicing it. When I turned 13 and I got my legend car license, we started racing legend cars. And also, on my 13th birthday, we got our ASA late model and started racing it. And since we got the late model on the legend car, we've had four wins in the late model and three wins in the legend car. Man, after getting birthday present like a late model, what do you got to look forward to? I'm not sure. I mean, what are you getting? Like a, you getting a, oh, a Nextel? Co- I mean, a Sprint car next? Logan, what Logan, he's teasing you. What I'd like to know is, which car do you prefer to drive? Do you have one that you really feel more home in? Well, I actually left out a. We also have a super late model, and I like. We only. I've only gotten to drive it once in the Mason Dixon Meltdown. Mm-hmm. And we'll actually get to do it again on March 8th at the fairgrounds. And uh, I like to drive it probably the best just because of the horsepower difference. Yeah. And they're so difficult to handle. And unlike the crate cars, you can do really anything in them. Mm -hmm. You have so much more motor to play with that you can fall back and you can catch back up. But with the crate cars, if you fall back, you're back. You're not going to catch back up. So you like the challenge and the power in your super late model the best? Yes, ma'am. Logan, how do the veterans and the older drivers treat you basically around the pit area and the track? Well, uh, now, well, when we started out, there were more, more people that said, you know, that's cool, glad you get to race with you, everything like that. And there was a few people that said, well, he's 13, he's too little, he can't do this. He's not old enough. And now after Speed Weeks and what we've accomplished there, I believe that now I would think that everybody should, you know, just act as if I was just like them, just a normal driver. Show you the respect that you earned. Yeah, just chill out. It's Logan Ruffin. No big deal. Hey, how did your mom? How did your mom uh, keep uh, keep her excitement contained uh, all those uh, nights at uh, at New Smyrna? She didn't. <laughs> well, actually, at the first win, she was. I mean, just as happy as could be, and she got to cry in there for a few minutes. And so she, when we first started out, she was scared when we started and happened when we finished and that she had trouble with it at first and now she's gotten pretty good with it you know just another day at the racetrack for her that was one of the most excited women i've ever seen at a racetrack <laughs> she, gets, she gets excited when we uh, do good definitely well i can sure relate to that <laughs> i mean and even when even if we wreck on the first lap my mom and my dad both are happy as, I mean, just as happy as I, you could expect them to be. I mean, we got good seat time either way, just getting to practice. And every time I go out with anybody in an ASA car or a Super Series car, I learn so much just because they've raced for so many years. And I, I even learned simple things like ha- how better ways to heat up your tires. I mean, that sounds 
crazy, but you really do. You learn so much being with those guys. And and people might be, you know, Rob just asked me a question off the air. You know, people who who think, uh, you know, Ruffin wasn't just going out and, and, and beating six other cars here. There were full fields, 25 to 30, over 30 cars. And uh, some of the guys like Brandon Johnson, who was an absolute star last year on the uh, ASA Southern uh, Division uh, schedule. I mean, there were some really good drivers that you raced against. And a lot of guys that were uh, know the uh, New Smyrna Speedway a little bit better than you. So it, it wasn't like you were just uh, taking off of, picking off a few, uh, a few uh, six or seven cars. It, it, there really were so many cars this year, and I'm not. I heard that last year there may have been, I think it was, 15 to 20 cars, and that this year, if you, if there were some guys that did not race all the nights, and there'd be a new guy show up, and there ended up being 43 cars marked down for uh, getting points. So it was a great turnout. We got to race with so many different people. Whether I, uh, I mean, even in practice, you learn stuff following people. We got so much experience being with guys like Will Thomas and uh, the what was his name James Wheeler. Yeah. All those guys, you can follow them for laps and laps and laps and continue learning. So the plan is still uh, to go tackle the uh, ASA uh, uh, late model uh, series. Well, we're going to run ASA Challenge South Southeast. Uh, we'll run CRA cars and we'll run. Past series cars. Well, now that's a mix. You got super lates in there. You're going to run the ASE, uh, ASA Southeast Tour? Yes, we will. And that's super lates, and then you're going to run the uh, ASA uh, late models. That's that's the crate cars. Yeah, and then CRA and Pass is also super cars. You're going to hit them all. Yes, we will. We'll have a lot of seat time this year. Well, while well, you're doing all this goofing off with cars, how are you doing in school? Exactly. That was going to be my question. Logan, are you homeschooled or do you go to public school? Yes, I am homeschooled. He's, he's going to the racing school. We had straight A's. Well, that's good. You need to you need to keep those grades up and, and balance right. racing with getting a good education. And I'm I'm glad to hear that. Um, well, they're letting him fill out. That. They're letting him fill out his own application and letting him <laughs> add his own money up. Okay, so he's making straight A's in oh, his school. Oh, stop teasing! Hey, Logan, what's your favorite subject? Racing. Uh, I like science. Science, very good. That's good. There's a lot of science that goes into your cars, so uh, that's a good thing to know. Science and math, probably. Yeah, you got to know your math so you can count your money. (laughs) You got to know the science and math for the workings of the car, also. Those are good things to know. It's not all about the money, Rob. It's all about the math. That's what it's all about. So one thing you need in your life is math. That's right. There is so much on a race car that has to do with math. There is. Mm -hmm. Getting your tires right or just setting up the whole race car. There's so much. Absolutely. Do you ever get to have a good time out there running around with friends your own age and acting goofy like young boys do? Well, we talked about that before we started homeschooling, whether or not I missed it and all that. And being at the racetrack so much, I don't have time to do any of that kind of stuff anyways. I mean, I go to the race shop as much as I can and clean the car or work on it or do whatever they want me to do. And other times we're at the racetrack. And you're probably going to be better off. No, not necessarily. Yes, not necessarily. You're getting... always going to be able to race. Don't forget, you'll always be able to race. The racetracks ain't going anywhere, but you'll never be able to be a kid again. Don't That's forget right. it. 
<laughs> hey, Ruffin, when is your very next race? March 8th. I think it's March 8th. That All right, Logan Ruffin. Where, is, where are you going to be, Logan? Music City Motorplex at uh, the Fairgrounds at Nashville. All right, and that website again? LoganRuffin.com. All right. And, that, and that's spelled R-U-F-F-I-N. Don't forget it. And don't forget it. It's LoganRuffin.com. Thanks for being with us tonight, man. Thank you. Thanks a lot for having me. Good Bye, luck Logan. and be safe. Hey, when they ask you uh, what radio show you talked on, what are you going to tell them? You tell them Inside Florida Racing. Inside Florida Racing. There, there you go. go Don't honey. forget it. All right. Take it easy, Logan. <laughs> Good night, Logan. Good night. Thanks a lot for having me. All right. Thank you. The there word, you go. The word is prodigy. What is his dad, driver? No. No, but his, his mom is a uh, a uh, singer. She's quite accomplished, matter of fact. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You can order CDs. Uh, off her website, which... Uh, Can I say I, something? I don't have that right Can, I Can say anybody something? actually stop you? Yeah, um, really. Listen. <laughs> you know, Carol brought up a good point. Okay. And that kid's racing a lot. Did you hear all the racing he's going to be doing mm-hmm. at his age? And I just hope that some of these parents realize their kids are only kids at one time. That they're... You still be able to race when you get a little bit older. I mean, it's not it's okay to race a little bit, but my goodness, what a schedule! Yeah, but you know, man, what? I'm jealous. The, the rea- that's, 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 that's the problem. You're jealous. That's the reality, though. If you want to be an Olympic ice skater, when to. do you start? If you want to be, a, 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 I mean, in most things, yeah. I mean, you start. They have to be dedicated. Tiger Woods picked up a golf club. At yeah, but those guys that are going to be picked to do that racing over there, they're already there racing for those guys. You know that, right? Usually you know when kids get involved in something, they're involved with other children their own age. This is a whole different ballgame. I think, I think Roush and those guys are starting to get a whole slew of those young guys racing for them. You know? Well, I yeah. wish you'd it's, get it's a like, hold of our Jeff Jaquette. It's like, well, he's not young enough. He's not. If, the truth of the matter is that if Jeff, um, and, and he should be, you know, just as Mike Franklin should have been and some of these other guys should have been, um, He's going to be there. He should have already been there, you know. So, you know, Jeff has a good time doing what he's doing, and I hope that some of these people take some of this stuff that I that I say and and let it sink into their head. Okay, there's only a couple of you out there, God bless your soul, that are ever going to make it to be a NASCAR driver. Maybe only one of you. In my case, only one guy that I knew, and that's David Rudiman. Okay, now there's been some guys that have mm-hmm. driven some trucks over the years, but man. They're looking at the wrong direction. It's one deal to be a great driver, but you got to have that great sponsor as well. So, I, you know, more power to them. I hope they, they do make it. looking for a certain luck, too? Isn't it just like what I see in the country music business? They, they want the person to have a certain luck. They want them to be physically appealing and marketable. Oh, absolutely. It's the same thing in the country music business. But I'm interested, at what age do they start scouting the next big NASCAR? You know, it's, there's no start. telling anymore. There's no telling anymore. NASCAR's changed their age now, but I think that even though they've changed their age, that, you know, if the trend is we're going to bring younger guys in, then, you know, you know, all these big dogs, they've got younger guys. It's almost like a garden, you know. They've got their plants that produce great fruit over here because mm-hmm. they're 20 years old. Wine, okay, for yeah. example. And then you got your grapes over here that come out that are, man, they're beautiful, big and juicy. But, you know, they're not quite the quality yet. So yeah. I just, think they're working on them, and, and uh, I, I think it's great. 
all these guys that do good, and it's and it's great for the sport. Now, Jack, I want to ask you something. More cars there than last year. How does that fit into your whole economical fiasco they, that we're in? They, 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 oh, here we go, round one. No, they weren't there. They for, well, they weren't there all. Don't make me the, choke the you whole out. the whole deal. I mean, it wasn't you know like you said there was forty some cars showed up, but they didn't race them, them all the time either. And quite frankly, I'm going to tell you something. Speed Week's racing at these at New Smyrna and East Bay Raceway and Volusia bears no resemblance to weekly racing, and and mm-hmm. they, they they're not related at well, all. Well, they're the, still the fans, racing. The fans in the grandstands are not the fans in Florida who go to the races year round. There's very few fans in Florida who go to the stock car tracks, you, you know, throughout the year who go to Speed Week's uh, events, whatever, and uh, and the drivers. It's a it's a completely different animal, man. Was there more hype this year, Jack, than than maybe last year? Did you did it seem like there was more people and they were more excited about watching the races? Was your buddy Kyle Bush anywhere around during any of this? Thank yeah. the good Lord, no. But one quick thing about David Ruderman. He had a heck of a race yeah, Sunday. He did good. Mm-hmm. He was thirteenth or fourteenth. Yeah. He raced yeah. really well. And he didn't get in a heck of a crash like he did last year. So no, I good. heard that a couple of them raced up at Volusia this week. Uh, Kyle might have been one of them, if I'm not mistaken. Jerry Benner has that scoop, scoop and we're yes. going to be talking to him in a few minutes after we come back from this break. Is Jerry going to have the dirt scoop from Volusia? No, we're going to be talking about the modified reunion pretty much. Okay. I want to hear about his ride over there at... Uh... Yes. Okay, we'll let him talk about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll be back on Inside Florida Racing. business to new heights, then you need to call Evergreen Development and Construction. They do it all, from land development, construction, drainage, excavating, site prep, and even environmental projects. No job is too big for Evergreen Development and Construction. Give them a call at 813-478-8847. And don't forget to check out the late model Evergreen Development Construction Race Team. They'll be at a track near you. And remember, just think green. Evergreen Development and Construction. 813 813- Four seven eight 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 four seven. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. All You Can Eat Buffet Inventor. Mr. All You Can Eat Buffet Inventor. You've given us the real American dream. A tray, 15 feet of food, and a little sign that says... Go nuts, buddy. Pushing side dish innovation to its limits, you offer creamed everything and 400 flavors of gelatin. If there's beef, you'll chip it. If there's chicken, you'll fry it. And if there's gravy, well, then everything's going to be okay. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light buffet, boy. You know the way to a man's heart and a few hundred tasty ways to challenge it. Mr. All-You-Can-Eat Buffet Inventor. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, Fort Collins, Colorado. 
Are you ready to win? If so, it's time to move up to five-star race car bodies. Five-star race car bodies designs and manufactures the highest quality race car body components. Short tracks, drag strips, road courses, and even in the desert, five-star has one driving passion to help you win. Five-star race bodies designs and manufactures for NASCAR, Grand Am, NHRA, IHRA, SCCA, Short Track Asphalt, Short Track Dirt, USAC, USAR, Hooters Pro Cup, and the ASA Late Model Series. Find out more today, 5starbodies.com. We're back. Eight stories up in the Karnak no, Tower. No, we're nine now. We're nine up. We've moved up this year. Well, the, the top story is kind of a little shaky. We're going to be there. in the penthouse pretty soon. Actually, we got one of those motorhomes like on that commercial. That one that Jack's <laughs> way <Yeah. over> <laughs> That was such a funny commercial. That would fix all of our problems, having a place to do our show at the tracks. You we know, could do them in, in the, uh, the motorhome and jack it way up in the air, and we'll be able to see everything. If you think about it. you hear it, that? I said jack. You said jack. You said jack. You said jack. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I said jack it. <laughs> One of the best things about the race yesterday was some of those commercials. The I Tony, didn't see to- commercials. I saw well, live. I, I know you were there live, but the Tony Stewart commercials and the commercials with Ryan and, uh, you know, with everybody. She them, saw it live. She, she saw it so live, she didn't even realize that Tony Stewart just made the biggest jackass mistake <laughs> in this whole career. Watch it. You know, it was Watch funny, it. Carol, that you didn't see was the interview that they did with him right afterwards. And Krista, she comes up and she questions him. So. Tony, how do you feel about finishing third? She goes, happy. how do you think I felt? How do you think somebody feels that comes across uh, leading it on the white flag and finishes third at the checker? Yeah, he was not a happy camper. He's got a new look, Tony does. What's up? Did he gain weight? He, That's what I wanted to know. His face was Valiant very Well, if he won this race, he was supposed to get a haircut and get all spruced up. Well, there ain't no climbing over no fences no more for him. I'll guarantee you no. that. I he did it before when he, he was heavy. Is he heavy? I've never, I've his never face met him. Looked I've heavy. never met him in person before. I didn't think he was that bad. No, it's in his face. And it the driving suits, the, the driving suits, put some weight on him too. You know, it makes him look bigger. Makes them all look kind of big. Actually, know- the race having it go to Ryan Newman was not a bad thing because Ryan Newman is a one of the best racers out there. I was really happy to see uh, him win it. I think the finish was great. I mean, it I, was. Kurt did good as much as I'm. Ticked off at him. You know that I would have loved to seen Junior win that race, but you and a million other well, people. You know, but the, the whole thing is, is that um, it was nice to see uh, the forty-eight and the twenty-four not finishing up front. You know, I'm glad to see nothing happen to him. Um, I, I want to give congratulations to Jeff Gordon and his new wife there being in the Sports Illustrated. Man, she looks good. She's beautiful. Yeah. And you his baby's She's in the Sports Illustrated uh, bathing suit issue which is very controversial issue this year so i'm sure jeff had a hard time with a few of those but um, he's a new dad too having a good time and i think jeff's got a whole new attitude it seems he does i've learned to like him a little bit and i've also learned to like toyotas better well, I, told, I thought it was going to be you horrible toyotas were going to be turned around you know Ooh, and the, yeah you know rudiman and uh and uh waltrip did uh, so much research and development with those cars last year and and Toyota, you know, outsold any other manufacturer last year. So they were loaded with a bunch of money, even though they sold a bunch of crap vehicles out there to everybody. But um, they were loaded with a bunch of money to come, and that's that's what you see. You know, who knows? Next year you might see dominance somewhere else, but I do think we're going to see some Toyota dominance. I mean, them getting Tony Stewart and that whole Gibbs yeah, well, team. for sure. 
uh, is only going to help them out. But that's enough about NASCAR. Yeah, let's see who we have on that's the way, phone line. That's way enough about yeah, Nasty Car. Yeah, but, you know, it was Daytona. So The only thing about. good about Nasty Car is there are people out there who are striving to get there. Yes. And they do strive <laughs> it's hard. It's a goal. It's a, it's a huge mountain Let me climb. tell you something. Unless you've sat there, it is really exciting when your seat starts yeah, well, did you see Daryl Walter wave the checkered flag? I mean, the green flag yeah. to start the race. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, I, I don't that. think he's ever seen Who that have we got before. on there? All right, guys. Oh. Hang, hang on a second here. On the phone with us right now is um, the 2008 um, Pete Sportsmanship Award oh. winner, Timmy Russell. And along with uh, him is uh, Bobby Orr. Welcome to Inside Florida Racing, guys. Oh, that's a surprise. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. Good to be on with you all tonight. Yeah, how do you, uh, hey, Tim. Hey. You, you gave it a shot trying to run down Choquette, but, boy, he just, he just that guy just had something going on, didn't he? Yeah, again, a speed fest. I think we had him covered for the first couple of nights, and then we, uh, they caught up, and then uh, it was a good good battle most of the week, and then uh, we wrecked our primary car. We had a basset wheel brake on some practice and just knocked the front clip off of it, so we got behind a day or two on our other car, and, uh, the last night, I think, I mean, we we uh, had a good car, but he was just better than us in that long, in that 100 lap race. But on long runs, we were way better. And uh, if it would have went green the rest of the way, I think it would have been an interesting finish. But uh, hats off to them. They worked hard all weekend. Congratulations to them. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, um, Bobby, um, uh, you know, when uh, you were doing the, 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 the introduction there of, for Tim uh the night, uh, Saturday night, uh, when the award was presented. Um, you know, I was uh, so busy taking pictures of you guys and whatnot, and uh, I didn't really hear what you had to say. Do you remember what you said? Yeah, I talked about how me and Tim, we, you know, we pretty much grew up together, kind of like uh, kind of like brothers that we never had is the way I look at it. My, uh, my father worked for his father and drove his father's race cars for almost 10 years, I think it was, and that was when me and Tim were you know, started out as little guys racing together and watching our dads race and traveled all over, you know, kind of as, as family and, uh, spent a lot of, a lot of years growing up together. And then we got to work on each other's race cars and, and go racing with each other a little bit. And time has just, uh, really, really gone over with each other like that. And we've, uh, really come along and the way they represented, um, their organization last year, winning three races and three championships. And there was nobody better, to uh, represent the Peter Award than Tim Russell. Well, they got to have to agree. Uh, Tim is uh, one thing about Tim Russell is he, you know, like his dad and and, and like your dad, that, that he always represents the sport in, in, a, in a very positive way. Everybody at Russell Racing does a fantastic job, and and they're a classy organization, and, and um, the, the way they operate and their performance level at the track really shows that they're a good, hardworking team. And they've deserved they've deserved every credit that they've earned. Hey Tim, when when uh, when Bobby called you over there, did you have a clue what was going on at that point? No, I had no no clue, man. I was completely shocked. Uh, I was proud to receive the award, and like Bobby said, I mean, we we grew up together, so it meant a lot to me to get, receive that award, and uh, it means a lot for the whole team. You know, everybody works hard and takes pride in all the work they do, and uh, uh, you know, it's great to be recognized for it. So, what's uh, what's on the agenda for Tim Russell in two thousand and eight? Oh man, we just 
it's a super busy schedule right now. We're uh, going to run a lot of big super late model races all over the United States and then uh, start a driver development deal. And We have a, a girl whose name will be uh, announced here in the next month that will be racing in the Goodyear late models for us. From Florida, obviously. Yeah, yeah she, we're going to run her, uh, I don't know how many races, but she's going to run most of the year through Florida. So looking forward to doing that. So do you have, uh, since you ran the, the races that you had in the ARCA series and whatnot, is, is it is it seem to be a tough mountain to get back to back up there? Is it just sponsorship? Uh, I mean, it, it is and it isn't. I mean, everything in NASCAR right now, getting up to that next level is all about how much money you can bring with you. The, the talent really isn't there, you know. I mean, sure, you got to have the talent to drive, but they're also looking for the financial backing. So uh, we're just going to work hard and have another good year like last year and, uh, Probably be working on some bigger things in the middle of the year, and hopefully uh, we'll move on up for next year. Yeah. Well, I tell you, we when you uh, when you guys were traveling around as kids, and and you know you were with your with your dads, it had to be very exciting. I mean, it had to just be the coolest thing in the world. I mean, your both of your dads were like uh, at the, that time were, I mean, they were pretty big stars. Yeah, I mean, we got to live an awesome life. Uh, I mean. As kids growing up, we got to get pulled out of school every Wednesday and Thursday and travel on the road with our parents and got to play, you know, at the racetracks with all the other kids. So, I mean, it was a blast, you know, a lot of neat experiences. Meet, meet a lot of people that, that you wouldn't normally get to meet, being just a, except for living the lifestyle we did on the road racing with our family. I remember them when they were kids, both of them out there at the racetrack when I used to run the uh, Florida Pro Series out there, and out there at Burt's track. You know, uh, Pete used to have that cookie sponsor made. Always had them good cookies on him all the time. They <laughs> hands old-fashioned cookies. That's right. But uh, those are some good times, and you guys are carrying it on, you know, and it's a good thing to see, you know. And if you're looking for a female racer, you know, C.C. Brooks, man, she really wants to race. <laughs> Hi, guys. She really wants to race. I like Go racing. Go ahead, C.C., put it on him. Put on your best... Uh, begging to race See i'm works. not going to beg i don't beg i guarantee you the girl that they're fixing to come out with a name she did some kind of begging over there somebody come up with some money or something she, she's probably pretty good <laughs> I, my guess is she's, well, she's probably a lot better too. than i am don't throw yeah. yourself under the bus like that already. i admit it i've only raced once <laughs> but i had fun rob just likes to tease me guys uh, just, yeah. i gotta mix things up around here so, keep it going so, so bobby what are your what are your uh plans for for 2008 i know you're, you've got a car you're trying to get sponsorship is that what the deal is yeah i spent about the past uh, year and a half to two years accumulating all my own stuff all my own racing equipment i got a team going this is the first year i'll have all all my own equipment and be driving for myself and uh really looking forward to a good 2008 we're looking for a little bit of financial backing to do more you know like always but uh, we're going to do what we can and and uh, at least run for the orlando speedwell super late model points championship this year and and maybe hit and miss some of the bigger sunbelt races and whatnot just depending on how the year's going but we're looking forward to a great start we're got everything ready all the ducks are in a line and just waiting on the time for the season to start well you know there's a one good thing about driving for yourself, and there's one good thing only. That is nobody's going to tell you what to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, I've spent a lot of time uh, going through a lot of a lot of my dad's friends, and I owe a lot of thanks to a lot of people to help me uh, 
get where I've gotten and, and, and gain all the things that I have and being able to do what I'm trying to do. And I really appreciate all the people that have helped me, and they know who they are. <clears throat> the list is too long to start naming them, but I'm really looking forward to this season. I really look forward to getting that or number 30, hopefully back in victory lane. Sounds great. All right. And, uh, Tim, we wish you the best, man. And uh, I'll tell you, really um, – it's always a it's a, it's a kind of a tough thing as you know I've talked to several people about it in the last few days it's it's a very tough thing that but you know to to name when you name the the winner of that award and, and it's it's always a tough decision because there's always some really good people that you have in mind but I'll tell you um I, I can't think this year of anybody that would be more deserving of it and over the last five years of, of your racing deal you have um, been a stellar example and you have um, you've really put a good face on, on the racing deal, man. Well, thank you very much. All right. Tim. All right. Well, it's been an honor to have both of you on the show tonight. We and um, having us on here. And yeah, we wish you the best of everything in the year to come, and thank you again. Hey, Bobby. Yes, sir. Keep your keep getting your voice ready. You know what you got to do, man. You got to call me. We're going to do, do some radio, <laughs> man. We're going to do as much radio as we need. There you go. Talk hey, to you. Another thing I'd like to give a uh, yes. Say um, everyone keep the Boyd family in their thoughts and prayers. Is everyone? I'm sure everyone heard of what's going on. I'd like to tell uh, Jason and the whole whole Boyd family. We're all thinking about him. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Absolutely, guys. <clears throat> we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Good night. Thank you for your time. All right, you guys, take it easy. Well, one of them was trying to say something. Y'all stomped all over him, but I don't know what he was saying. Yeah. That's okay. Two good guys. Yeah, man, and it's uh, it, it's really kind of cool, you know. It just shows you that all of us are getting old, not just you guys. I'm getting old, too, you know, to remember those guys, how they ran around the track, and now they're uh, running circles around people at the racetrack. <laughs> so Friday, I mean, yeah, Friday afternoon, uh, the names were like Bug Stevens, Ron Bouchard, Chuck Booz. Hmm? Did you talk to Ron Bouchard? Lou Boyd. Did you? Ed Ortez. I mean, Marty Little. Marty Little was there with yes. taking lots of notes, he was. Uh, George Summers, Bill Wimble, Bobby Pendergast. Yes. Dick Kluth, Bill Harmon, Doug Heveron. Doug Heveron. It was, was amazing. A blast. And there was just tons of these guys. There were so many of these um, old timers there, um, and uh, they were having so much fun. It was um, it was pretty amazing, and it was. Uh, that was one of the most incredible nights of racing that I have ever spent in my entire life. Okay, and this was where Carol. This was at. Um, New Smyrna Speedway. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a dream of Jerry Binners and myself and a lot of other people to get these veteran drivers together for a reunion. And little did we know what it was going to turn out like. Um, Jerry worked so hard. I mean, he had vintage cars there. He had everything going mm-hmm. on. And um, the all of the drivers, everybody that were there came to me at one time or another during the night. And they said that out of all the reunions they had been to, mm-hmm. this was by far the best. And to see these guys, 
a lot of them had not seen each other for over 40 years. Oh, wow. And they were crying. And let me tell you something. It was really a very emotional night. There's no crying on the show. You yeah, know the, these, oh. these guys were all like, uh, I mean, many, many of these guys were like, you know, they were guys of the World War II veteran. So you had a good era. turnout for the event. Oh, it was They tremendous. were it so happy. The charts. There was, um, I don't know what the numbers were. It was probably over 100 owners and, and uh, drivers and owners of cars. And probably three, 400 people at least went through the place. It was really. Uh, it was amazing. It was well received. But uh, hang on just a second. Is Jerry on? Yeah, I think uh, Jerry's with us now. Um, welcome to Inside Florida Racing, Jerry. Hi, how you guys doing tonight? We're doing good. It's starting to get emotional here. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard you, Carol. You did all your crying this afternoon. You're not allowed to cry now. That's right. Oh. That's right. Every so time I, I think about it, it was just no crying on the show. It's not allowed. So, so, what, so Jerry, it was, it was something special, though, wasn't it? When you do something that makes another person happy, that brings a lot of happiness to yourself. Well, well I'll tell you, I was just an observer in, in most ways here because. I don't know any of those men. You know, I wasn't there watching them race. I was just observing the whole deal and and people your age and Jerry's age, and they were visiting their and meeting some of them for the first time. Their childhood heroes, yes, and, and their heroes of them when they were young. And it was just as an observer, you know, it was a pretty amazing thing to see. So you had the the drivers. Drivers, and then it was open to fans to come in and to to meet them. Yes, unfortunately, we didn't get to the pits to tell the drivers because Jerry, I was I forgot to tell you this earlier, but all the drivers that were in the pits were so disappointed because they didn't know about it, and they were like a hundred feet away from these guys. Go ahead, Jerry. I, I I actually did get a chance to talk to a lot of drivers in the pits, but because of the overlapping schedules between practice, time trials, and all that stuff. They were busy with the race program. They really didn't get a chance to come out. Yeah, but Joe Winchell made sure. A lot of people inside there that said, you know, we'll be there. Uh, unfortunately, just because of the, you know, the timing of things. And, you know, they were there to race. And, you know, the reunion was, you know, secondhand type of thing. They were there for one purpose. We were there for another. Oh, I talked to Mike Fritz and some of those guys, and they were really disappointed yeah, that they. Joe Winchell made sure he got out there, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah. Um, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Seeing Bug Stevens, I'll tell you what, that was the thrill of my life. And Bobby Pentecost used to sell me meat back in 62. <laughs> what were some of the stories, uh, Jerry? Uh, wasn't there somebody who, who had to pay like an extra $1,400 or something to get there? <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I could recall exactly who it was. But one of the guys had flown down here from, I, I want to say it was uh, he flew down from Newark, New Jersey. He, they canceled his flight, and the only way to get to Orlando on time was to grab an extra, a different flight that cost him an extra $1,400 to get to it. And the only way he could buy a round trip was he was going to have to land on his return trip back in Philadelphia. So he spent 1400 extra to get to Orlando just to come to the reunion. And then on his way home, he still had to find his way from Philadelphia back to Newark where his car was parked when he left town in the first place. Yeah, I remember him talking about that. Now, I see some of the names that are here. Some, some of these guys are still racing. I know Doug, Doug Hevron, he still races. Yep, yep, Doug's still racing. He says that the uh, the upcoming Little 500 that they do the weekend before the Indianapolis 500 every year up in Indi uh, Anderson, Indiana, 
It's supposed to be his last race ever, and then call it a career. Yeah, he was just racing in Volusia. Oh, Jim Higginbotham was there with his Napa car. Go, what, go ahead, Jerry. I'm sorry, what was that? Uh, Jim, Him- Jim Higginbotham was there with his Napa car. Yeah, Jim brought his uh, Michael Waltrip Napa car. And, it looked beautiful. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we had, I think, 16 or 17 others besides him. Uh, some were dirt modified, some were asphalt modified, some were out of the 50s and out of the 60s, 70s. Um, a couple of people brought their street rods out there that were, you know, former racer. Bobby Pendergast brought a, uh, a nice one out there, and Jerry Gradle from Buffalo, New York, he brought a nice car out there. Hi, Jerry. This is Cece. Now, besides dur- during this reunion, besides the gathering of all these drivers, what other events and activities did you have during the reunion for everybody? Well, there was it was it was planned a little different than it came off, but um, it, it was ma- mainly a meet and greet with um, a bunch of people from different eras of different times and different places, and a lot of these people had only read about each other or seen on the speedway, but never actually had a chance to meet face them. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's mainly what this thing was about, was to put the face with the name, walk up and say, you know what, I saw you back at such and such speedway back in 1974, and, you know, uh, you y- changed my life. You know, it was, it was a lot of people that just never forgot that time and era. I'm going to say something now that's going to get me in deep trouble, but if it were not for Karnak, Jack Smith, the radio show's, this would never have come about. Um, we owe a great deal to to the media for making this possible. I don't think we planned it to be the way it was. And Jack got there, and I said, you got your stuff in the car? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, let's do live interviews. And those guys were so happy. I mean, that made their night. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Jack Smith and Karnak and Real Racing and all that stuff. Hey, Jerry. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely grateful to, to Karnak. Uh, but yeah, not not to you know piss on the fire to, to so to speak. But there was a lot of lot of support from a lot of other uh, places around the country. Uh, oh, of course. The ones that supported this thing was uh, a, a, a site up in New York called Race New York. They they helped promote this thing uh, quite a bit. A guy named Mark Southcott, who I think was heartbroken that he didn't make it at the last minute because he'd been planning on it from the very beginning, and he was a big part of organizing this. Well, I was wondering yeah. how how did you how did you contact everybody? you know, to invite them down? Was it strictly We called via them. We went through well, websites. Through we, the use of websites and tracking down people? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, going to websites, going to links from here to there to the other place that, uh, you know, it, it was all, this entire thing was word of mouth. Lou Boyd was, a, when we first started this. Telling people who started telling people, and, and it just snowballed beyond, way beyond what I ever thought this thing could be. Now, will you ever do this again? This event again? Will this become an oh, annual yeah, tradition? Yeah. I'm already, I've already got my wheels spinning. We're already here. committed. The plan is, but I can guarantee that that uh, I, I didn't give up on this idea. I think it can be a, a much bigger and better thing the next time around. Actually, I think I'm on a kind of a three-year plan here. I think next year can be much bigger and better. And the following year, I want to call the third and final. Uh, you know, it, I don't want to burn this whole idea out. Mm-hmm. And it, it, a lot of people put in a lot of effort to be here. There was a lot of people that came from New York and New England and Canada and Virginia and stuff specifically to be at this. They had no plans on being in, in Florida for Speed Weeks this year until they heard about this. Mm-hmm. And it turned into a long weekend or a full week or just to come down for that day and fly home. Um, 
Hey, Jerry, something I wanted to tell you is that you may or may not know about is they have an auto winter fest. You know, uh, they do it twice a year in Zephyr Hills for the old timers, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, where they get together and they do their car show and they race some of the old cars and stuff. It might do you some good to go over there and pass out some literature about, you know, your reunion because a lot of those guys, you know, probably didn't know about it. Um, but I know they do it. It's at the uh, it's at the uh, festival park in Zephyr Hills uh, this weekend, from the, I think the twenty first through uh, the twenty fourth, and they'll be running the old cars, racing the old cars from the 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 forties and fifties and sixties. That was exactly my motivation for trying to bring the vintage cars into this part of it. I went to that show for the first time um, this past February, I guess late February. And I guess it's uh, uh, this coming weekend, if I remember right. Right, it's this uh, weekend. They do it in November as well. Yeah, yeah, November and February of every year they do it in Zephyr Hills. And it seems like I've never, I, I never hear about it the week before it happens. I always seem to catch it about the week after it happens. So this year, uh, a, a good friend of mine, Rex Hollinger, Bone Man, everybody knows right. Bone Man from Karnak. Sure. He called me up um, last year about this time and said, hey, you're going to go down to Zephyr Hills? Pretty cool show. So I was like, yeah, I've got nothing really planned. I'll go there, and then maybe I'll go to East Bay that night. So I went out to this show, and I saw, you know, 80, 90, maybe 100 race cars from all over the country, midgets and big cars. And, uh, I mean, some of these things were like old cut-down Model Ts and things like that. And I found what a passion those people have Absolutely. for that, that end of the sport. And I said, that, you know, for what my idea is, as far as, far as bringing the drivers together, I think that would be a very cool mix to get those guys involved too as much as many as i can and uh, something i really found out about this this whole thing was how many vintage cars are out there vintage clubs and the passion that they all have for this thing that i never really knew existed and now i'm a big fan of that end of the sport and i'm going to support them as much as i possibly can i'm, I'm planning on going out to Zephyr Hills this weekend see some of the people that um had come out to my you know our show this this past weekend um, and, and just to support them at what they do, because it's, 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 you, you can't forget the past. You can't yeah, grow the future without forgetting. It. You can't forget the past to grow the future. And they, they, they hand in hand. They race the cars out there, folks. Realize this: there is a dirt track there, and they do race these cars, and they do get competitive. They every now and then crash them up. They've got them all with roll cages on them now, <laughs> whether well, they you, had them or not before. They've mounted roll cages on them. So. You wanted to see a tearjerker. You should have seen all these guys driving these cars out on the track for a couple laps. <laughs> oh, wasn't that <laughs> great, Jerry? If anybody's been around the Tampa area for any, any period of time, there's a guy named Cush Rivette that's, that, that's been around for a long time. I always talk about him. Yep. Saw him wrap up a six, uh, 57 Chevy against the wall out there because he was racing too hard. and. <laughs> And he'll have it back out there again. They have it out there every year. He'll be there this year, whether it's him or his son driving. And um, Buzzy Rudiman will probably be out there. So a lot of the old Rudiman cars are there. So, you know, for you folks that are interested in it, go out there and check it out. Zephyr Hills, Florida. We owe a real special thank you to uh, Lou Boyd. Lou owns a bookstore up in Massachusetts, and he's done several books on um, the drivers that were at the uh, get-together uh, Lou spent countless hours on the phone with us, helping us contact people, and and he showed up. Coastal181.com. Amazing man. Amazing What man. is that, Jack? Coastal181.com. And where does that get you? To the bookstore. Okay. 
lots of racing books. As a matter yeah. of fact, we're going to start uh, here in the, the next few weeks. We're going to uh, begin to uh, uh, have interviews with uh, uh, many of the subjects and or authors of a lot of those books. And uh, Well, he's uh, writing one about me, you know. Yeah. So it's going to be a short one. But <laughs> so, so, Jerry, when you got... Jerry, when you guys were doing the uh, you and Phil and uh, and uh, Carol Wicks were doing the interviews there, what are some of the highlights? I mean, I, you had to have talked to some people that you'd never really met before. What were some of the highlights for you? Well, um, what, one of the highlights for me was uh, talking to Ron Bouchard, who was one of the one of the very first Northeast guys that actually broke into the NASCAR circuit down in the South at a time that. Yeah, it really was unheard of. Uh, Ron, Ron and Jeff Bodine were about the only two that, that broke out of the Northeast to come into the South. It was it was primarily a Southern sport at the time. They came in, they had some success, and it, and it really opened up the doors for a lot of other people around the country to, uh, you know, it, NASCAR wasn't the forbidden world anymore. It, it, at one time, you almost had to be from the South to even have your chance. And those two guys got in there, and they had some success, and it was great to see somebody that I saw on the short tracks when I was a kid go on to be on TV. Yeah, and, uh, you know, in Jeff Bodine's case, won the Daytona 500. Ron Bouchard's case, he won, uh, won a, a Talladega 500. And, you know, as I was growing up, there wasn't any such thing. It was Cal Yarbrough, Bobby Allison. It was all the guys from the South, Richard Petty, David Pearson. And, and to find, uh, you know, one of the local guys that had enough talent and just got the right break, they could make it. And they really opened up the doors for everybody else. You know, listening to the NASCAR race the other day, I think there was, what, 12 drivers from California? Mm. You know, there's yeah. guys from, you know, half of the states in the United States right now instead of the basic five or six just in the south. And uh, they were they were a couple of guys that really opened up the doors for everybody else and changed the face of the sport. They, look, they started looking more at the talent instead of really where you came from. How old is Ron? Ron has got to be 60. I'll tell you what, that is one good-looking, healthy wait, man. Wait, wait, how old, Jerry? I, he's probably 60. But oh, God. Yeah, maybe 62, something like that. I know his brother. He really helps well. His brother's huge. His brother's a huge man that could never fit in a car. I'll tell you who was uh, one of my most inspiring was Bill Wimble. What a gentleman, what a wonderful I, I, man. Something i got to share with everybody, and, and I talked to Bill this afternoon. Um, one of the things that, that I, I promised myself out of this whole thing, and he was glad to hear, was that the friendships that I created through organizing this thing and getting everybody to meet, I don't want those to end. I don't want this to just be a once-a-year right. or a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I want these friendships that we've created to last for, for the rest of our lives. Yes. You know, I, I think it opened up the door for that, and I think it opened up for a lot of people. And... Uh, I'm proud of that. I'm, I'm proud that people have have gotten themselves. Uh, I shouldn't say gotten themselves, but they've they've reintroduced themselves to people that you know they might have fought and you know thrown punches at each other when they were racing you know 30 years ago. Now they're hugging and 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 crying on each other's shoulders and exchanging phone numbers. And these guys are going out to dinner now, and they're going out and bowling together, and they're going out and golfing. You know, wives are getting back <laughs> together uh, as you know, it's, it's just a. It's amazing what this thing can turn into. Well, we also would have had Leo Cleary there, but he wound up with the flu. Uh, Pete Hamilton yeah. wound up having to do a television interview in Daytona. Um, so we still got good things to look forward to. 
Oh, absolutely. And, and one of the one of the stories I have to share real quick. Um, there was a guy there that, that came named Jim McGraw. Jim, uh, Jim McGraw was from the Buffalo area, and when we were kids, my my cousin Denny, who was the one that really hooked me into this sport, um, Jim McGraw was his favorite driver. And one of the things that Denny wanted to do is he built a, a little scale model, um, built it out of a box, painted it Jim McGraw colors, Jim McGraw numbers and everything, and he got to present it to him on the front straightaway at Lancaster Speedway when he was 10 years old. Unfortunately, my cousin got killed by a drunk driver less than two months after that. But to this day, Jim McGraw has that car proudly displayed on his shelf. He never got rid of that thing 35 years later, and I'd never had the chance to meet the man and say, thank you for keeping my cousin's memory alive. You know, that was that was very special to me to know that Jim still has that car. And to actually meet him face-to-face and, and give him a hug and say, thank you. you know, that, that made my whole day right there. Uh, Jim wasn't, you know, a NASCAR guy. He wasn't a, a big name and things. He had his success and stuff. But what a, what a great guy, and and somebody that never forgot the fan. Yeah. Another good thing that came about uh, that night was um, meeting several Carnackians. Uh, yeah, a lot of them there. Oh my goodness, and they were they. You know, we fight and argue and disagree and whatever on the boards, but those are some of the finest people I've met in a long time. It's a great group of people, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's probably the biggest thing that Pretty I've been on a car act for is in, in almost 40 years of being a race fan, I've gained more friends out of racing through NASCAR in the last, I mean, through, through Karnak in the last four years, five years or whatever than I did in the previous 30 years combined. You know, these are these are friends now. These are these are people that we can call each other and do things away from the track. Yes. Go out fishing or go out on a boat or whatever the case might be. We've created friendships that we never had the chance. Uh, I, I never would have had the chance to have as many good friends as I do these days if it wasn't for Karnak and uh, all you people. I mean, it, it, it really uh, it kind of changed my life along the way. What did you think about Mark Keeler? Didn't he do a great job? Out on the track with the drivers and announcing. <laughs> Trick question there, Carol. But uh, well, you know, nothing's ever perfect. But I thought he did a great job with. Well, what do you think, Jerry? On the track. What do you think, Jerry? Mark has turned into a fantastic announcer. Yes. I'll tell you that. I mean, for somebody that that wasn't even on the microphone six months ago, maybe a, uh, I think he was helping out a little bit along the way. But when he took over as a primary announcer for New Smyrna Speedway, what a great job! <laughs> You and know, you too. You did a great job with your interviews. Hey, hey Jerry, we tried to get we tried to get uh, uh, Mark on tonight, but uh, couldn't get him to re- answer his phone today. But uh, you know, out of, at the conclusion of, of this show, we're going to uh, uh, play um, the uh, uh, recording of the the show you guys did. It's an hour and a half long, approximately. And uh, it seemed like it was about fifteen minutes to me. Yeah, it was about an hour. <laughs> well, after I we called it down, it was about an hour and a half. All of them, the interviews came out very good, except for um, uh, Chuck Boos. I don't either. His microphone wasn't turned on, or he wasn't holding it close enough. And the cars were out there. His was a little rocky. That five or six minutes with him, but the rest of it was pretty good. But you know, there's one person we're not going to have on that show, and that's Dutch Hogue. Yeah, he uh, he was asked to do it by by more than one person, and he just said, 
you know what? I don't do interviews. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> and, and they said, how, how did you handle it when, you, when they interviewed you in, in Victory Circle? He said, I gave yes and no answers, and that was about it. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? Look, and he's on the Dutch Hogue. Dutch Hogue. He's, he's, there's a picture of him in this book that right there. Uh, uh, we're just looking at him. Yeah, you can't call him a prima donna, can you? <laughs> yeah, he, he, uh, he, he was funny. He was quite adamant about the fact that I don't talk on my microphones. And then he saw that he saw that he was hurting my feelings, and and then he softened a little bit. But he was quite adamant. He doesn't do interviews. That was very kind of humorous. Yeah, yeah. What about the? If, if you ever you know, Google the name Dutch Hogan, find out what he accomplished in his life. Man, oh, man. that guy had. He had so many wins in so many places and, and the big tracks. I mean, you know, Langhorn and, and you know, Pocono and Trenton and, you know, you name it. Dirt tracks, asphalt tracks, big tracks, small tracks, little fairgrounds tracks. He was the guy to beat for probably 25 years. He was a fantastic racer in his day. That's why he never made it out of there. He along the way. In fact, his son went into it after that. Now his grandson is doing really well. And last I knew, he had a ride in the Bush, uh, Bush East series up in in the uh, the northeast. What do you, what do you think he's of, doing interviews? Hey, man, Alex Hogue is a name to watch out for. What do you, what do you think about uh, what did you think about uh, Chuck Booze? Chuck is a cool guy. Uh, I, unfortunately, I, I'm sorry that you didn't really. Uh, well, I guess his mic wasn't working enough to, to get a good interview with him. But that's a neat guy. He's he had a, he knows the nuts and bolts of things more than most people do. He was a neat guy. And uh, one of the comments I had for him was that. After all these years, he probably has more hair now than he did in 1972. <laughs> he's the only guy in a place that does. He was always bald as a billiard ball, and all of a sudden, he's got a little tuft of hair out the side of his hat. <laughs> well, you can buy that stuff now. Yeah. Hey, you know who else did a wonderful job? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> he bought himself a little hair. Yeah. Jerry, you know who else we need to thank that did a great job? Who's that? Your family. Your mother and your sister were incredible. Your father worked his buns off all day long, and I personally want to thank him for everything that they did. Well, it's awful nice of you to thank him, and I, I've personally thanked them over and over and over. They've never, you know, my mom and dad were race fans back in the day, but they gave it back up before we even moved to Florida, and that was 27 years ago. So they haven't really kept up with things, but they had a ball. They, they just, you know, saw names and met people that, that they only read about or saw on the speedway way back in the past. But listening to the stories and, and seeing how people were getting along with each other, it was it was a special day for them. Yeah, know, so... My, so sister, my sister even called me up not to give me a high five. She gave me a high 15. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jerry, what we did is uh, we, we have that uh, the show in the, in the special uh, events section of Real Racing uh, USA, and... Um, and uh, there's links to it all over the place, and uh, uh, we're gonna also we're gonna play it at the conclusion of this deal. But uh, let's come up to uh, 2008 real deal. Tell us about Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon. That was uh, that was a new experience for me. After after all these years of sitting on the, uh, the grandstand side of the fence, I finally got to strap into a race car and. I really thought I would be a lot more nervous than I was. I kept waiting for the butterflies to kick in. I kept waiting for the nervousness to kick in, and that never really did. But it was a ball to get out there. And uh, they took us through the class, and they had the cones out of the track where you pick up the throttle, where you let off the throttle, where you apply the brake and stuff. 
And I, I played by the rules for the first couple of laps, but I, I, I started pushing it a little bit. I wasn't anything impressive. I'm not exactly sending my tape to Hendrick Motorsports tomorrow to, uh, for my interview with them. But uh, I didn't embarrass myself, and I really, really had a, a lot of fun. Hey, Rob, what? Everybody should experience once in their life is strap in and just get that whole experience. It was fantastic. His uh, his buddy, uh, uh, Bone Man, uh, mm-hmm. came over and uh, gave him a little surprise during the the uh, Friday uh, reunion party. And, That's a good uh, man right there. Yeah, Rex Rex Hollinger. Rex is a good man. I don't think the guy's got an enemy in the world, and if he does, I'll kick their ass. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll drink to that. He sent Jerry over to the driving school on Saturday afternoon at Lakeland USA International Speedway to go do the some some driving of the late model. When that happened, it was a lot more emotional than it is talking about it, right, Jerry? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> It, it's hard to even relay how everything felt that day. It was just too amazing. I, I got to drive a, a, a Kurt Busch Miller Lite number two car, and Ugh. I finished third in mine, and he finished second in his. So I, I'm just one place behind Kurt Busch right now is the way I look at it. <laughs> well, that means that the fans only slightly hate you. <laughs> He's not my best friend this weekend. <laughs> that's, that's nothing new. When it comes to the Karnak world, I'm hated already. So, <laughs> Not you, Kurt Bush. <laughs> Nobody hates you, Jerry. I don't hate you, Jerry. I love only, you. Only some of those wannabe Karnakians hate you. <laughs> They'll get over it. Right, Jerry? Uh, I got thick enough skin to take it. Hate's a strong word anyway. So uh, when you do your reunion next year, are you going to try to... Work it out, maybe at the time that uh, they do this thing over there at uh, Festival Park so you can get more people together and then at a track where some of these guys can get out there and race. No, no. Tell them, Jerry. Tell them why it's got to be. Go ahead. These guys, they're too old to hop in the car, but they sure love the experience. They See, there's more to that. the deal here. The part, of the part of the whole deal about this thing was. What's Jerry selling tires and fuel? The, the fact that the. No, no, no. The fact that that, that Friday is the night of the Richie Evans Memorial at New Smyrna. And, I mean, you got got grandstands full of people who are from that area. You know what I mean? That's where those people are from. And and that I wasn't there that night, but it had to be something uh, off the charts. Oh, and virtually, uh, virtually just about everybody, I would say probably 95% of those guys that were at the reunion raced against Richie at one time or another. I mean, Richie was... He, he was the Dale Earnhardt or the Richard Petty of the modified world. And everybody had a Richie story, and everybody ran against him one time or another. Uh, Richie beat most of them most of the time. But uh, they all ran against him, and they all they respected the man. And uh, as far as timing goes, probably couldn't pick a better day of, of every year to do it than the Richie Evans Day. Uh, it, it honored him. Uh, it, in a roundabout way, it honored the people that ran with one of the guys, uh, a guy named Jeff Yoder, brought out one of his, one of Richie Evans' original Pinto cars that uh, he used to not only run in the uh, vintage uh, hot lap session that they had, but also pace the field for the Richie Evans 100-lap uh, race. And uh, it, it was really cool to see a, a 1972 Pinto out there in 2008 still leading the field. There were a lot of people there that had um, <clears throat> magazines and newspapers and all kinds of uh, fun things to look at from back in that era also. 
Yeah, we, yeah uh, Jimmy McKinley. Yes, I yes. I saw what Jimmy had made up, but he had made a little hand hand drawing thing of a uh, of the modified reunion, kind of a uh, almost it, it could almost be like a cover of a program or something. That was one of the neatest things I saw all day. Boy, he it was beautiful. Great job on that. Was that nice? that was amazing? And the helmet. Who hey. was that that had the big white helmet that everybody signed? You know, I'm not sure because I didn't see that part. Um, I did see. Boy, I wish I could remember this because some Tom Ormsby was there. There twenty different autographs on that thing. Um, with all, uh, was it Larry? Larry? Uh, Larry Glendening? Maybe. I don't. To I, I be honest, remember. I don't remember. I, there were so many people. Oh, I know. <laughs> and I was so busy. I, I, it's one of the things I'm really sorry about was that I didn't get to spend enough time with with everybody. I was so busy that I really didn't get a chance to socialize as much as I really would have liked to. And there was a lot of people there that I never even had the opportunity to shake their hands, thank them for coming. But we're going to. I sure hope they come next year because I'll make sure that they don't get uh, unnoticed next year. I'm sure they had a, a lot of fun on their own, but it was one of my regrets. Was I was just too busy to, to to get to appreciate it as much as I really would have wanted to. Well, Jerry, we're going to have... I don't, I don't feel a bit bad about the way it Now you understand our world. Fantastically. <laughs> yeah. We've got another guest coming on. Jerry, gotta... we're, Jerry, Jerry, we're going to have to run along because we want to talk to your co-host. Yes. All righty. Well, uh, are you talking about Phil? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to call <laughs> Phil and uh, get get his uh, his thoughts on uh, after the weekend uh, and see what he had to say. I talked to him earlier tonight, and he's all excited about being on the show also. He did a fantastic job also. Yep. And thank you, everybody. I mean... Thank you, Jerry, and uh, we'll be getting back to you again soon. It was just an idea, and it took a lot of people's support. And at the end of the thing, 400 people supported this thing, and I couldn't be prouder. Thank you, everybody. And, Jerry, if you want, you go on. Uh, I know you've been having computer problems. If you go on to the Real Racing USA photo, uh, photo gallery, there's uh, 80 or so photographs uh, up there now, and I, and I know we're going to probably add some more. Oh, great, great. There's also a, um, uh, a photo gun. Uh, modified reunion that homestead uh, i forget the whole thing just put it on the message <laughs> put, put, put it on the board <laughs> oh man that was great i got a stack of pictures here at the house i was just looking at uh, a few minutes ago that my dad took and uh, it's gonna be a lifetime of memories for me thank you everybody for participating and and uh, for having me on the show thank you good night jerry and god bless all right there you have it so that sounds like it was a Carol. Are you okay? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You sure? This—that's a day that I will never forget as long well, as I live. Be, 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 before I call Phil, I'm gonna give you guys something to chew on. What? Why don't we do more of that? What? I'm always bringing this up. Why isn't there more of an emphasis on the history of Florida racing? Hey, Rob, somebody's listening. They're You're actually ch- calling us. Imagine you hear the that. phone ringing back there? Imagine that. Somebody's calling us? Some, that, yes, that was the phone, that was the phone <laughs> ringing. Somebody's calling. Well, the numbers are up on the website at InsideFloridaRacing.com where Is you there can anybody call there? and get involved in the show. Is there anybody out there? So, listen, y'all stop it. Um, so <laughs> you have something it, against it sounded, like, it sounded like a good time that, that was had by all, and I just think that um, I really think he should do his reunion at the same time they do this other one. They should get their stuff together. They should merge. There's, there's there's a bunch of. If you went to this thing we're talking about, you would see a bunch more 
old timers, okay, that that actually bring their cars out there and they they race them around the track. They don't really race race, but you know what I mean. They race it's race show. a couple laps. They, they do kind of race race because, like they said, Kush Rivet got a little crazy out there, but. Um, I just thought it was interesting that they're getting together and and it, and it is working out. And over the years, I'm sure it will become bigger and bigger. And, What's uh, going on, Jack? Somebody waiting for us? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Phil on the line. Hey, Phil. How are you? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. First of all, I want to thank you so much for everything you did to help me to get back and forth to the track. Um, you're an awesome friend. <laughs> Time, Carol. And uh, thank you for all the work you did at the reunion. It was great. Oh, that that wasn't work. <laughs> what did you? Th- yeah, that's kind of the way I feel. That was like fun. Right. Yeah, it was just. Give us the report, Phil. What? Give it. Give us the rundown. The Shriver. Well, I think the biggest thing that I was in awe about at the end of the day was how much the drivers appreciated it. I think we all talked about it that day. You know, when we all thought about this reunion, um, the big thing that we thought about is, hey, we want to meet all these people or see them again. We were we were thinking about it from our standpoint and didn't really think as much about how much it meant to them. Yep. That made it all that much more better. <laughs> I agree with that. Oh, uh, so it was... You want, yeah, I mean, you got to picture this, these older gentlemen who... You know, their days of glory are over, and they met each other for the first time in 40 years, and they cried, and they held each other, and stop pointing at me. They don't want me to cry, but I can't help it. It was so emotional. Well, we're going to point at you if you cry in the studio. It's just the way it goes. I can't <laughs> help it. It was beautiful. Oh, wait a minute now, though. Part you, of the you're deal. Not, Carol, you're not supposed to be talking anyway. We're wanting the Shriver Report. Okay. Yeah, not, the, not the Carol Wicks crying report. Oh, shut up. Go ahead, Phil. I apologize. Not a problem, Carol. <laughs> now, it was a great time. Um, Jack, I wanted to thank you again, too, for being there. I think it, it did make it that much better to be able to sit there and do interviews. Yeah, oh, come on, let's do it. <laughs> I actually, um, you know, I felt like I had the opportunity to talk to a lot more people doing that. So I... I uh, Thank you for letting me be a part of that also. Well, I needed somebody to do the work. Yeah. <laughs> hey. No, I, I thought you guys should do it. You'd be doing all those interviews because those are your, your heroes and people you knew. And, and uh, though I've met a few of those guys and talked to a few of them over the last couple of years, I, I don't really know that the, I'm not in that zone, you know. And you guys certainly were in that zone, no doubt about it. Sure. And Jerry, Jerry did an awesome job. Mm-hmm. Awesome job. Supposedly, I heard that he was very nervous doing that, but um, I couldn't tell. I don't know about you guys. He reminded me of Lloyd Bridges in the movie <laughs> Airplane. Like, uh, oh, I, I should have quit smoking today. I picked the wrong week. Picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Actually, great I agree analogy. with you, Phil. He did act very There's confident. A sale of did a great job interviewing. And. I, I remember, I know a lot of drivers from when I was a kid growing up in New York and stuff, but, I mean, his memory and the knowledge that he knows, he just, Jerry blows me away with that. Really? He's like an encyclopedia. So, he knows everything. So out of the out of the folks that you interviewed, um, what were some of the uh, so the stellar moments, so to speak? Stellar. Well, it, it was great to interview Doug Heveron. 
Yes. Um, I've I've gotten to talk to Doug many times in the past, but it's, it's always great to see him and talk to him. Um, I personally still don't think he'll retire. <laughs> we, you know, we had him on our show on Inside Florida Racing, yeah, like in sep- September, October, and he was it was it, it was all for the purpose of him announcing his retirement. Yeah, but he's racing big block modified in Volusia. I, I just know. saw that. Go yeah. figure. He's a nutcase. Yeah, go ahead, Phil. Um, so that was great, and also um, Dick Kluth. Oh yeah, that was the special interview for me too. He. He hasn't been a champion in the past. He hasn't been like a huge winner, but he's he's been around forever. He's always been a great driver, and his whole family has always been involved. So he was where, an idol of mine. Where was he from? He's from um, Rochester, um, actually the a little town called Hilton, which is where I actually graduated from too. So so what are some of the speedways? That were represented where these guys that were there raced at. What are, what are some of the places uh, between you and Carol? You probably know most of them. Oh sure, Norwood, Saint Conk. Go on. Okay, well, in the ones that I know very well are in, all in Western New York, which there's a, a ton of them, and they're still around. Um, the main track that I used to go to was called Spencer Speedway. Uh, Jimmy Spencer's actually from there. No relation. The Bodines race there um lancaster i'm sure you heard lancaster mentioned a lot jack on saturday um ransonville um of course we have a swigo speedway in western new york for the super modified so that's a very well-known track hey phil tell me about your interview with dutch the non-existent one (laughs) (laughs) hey you know phil uh, somebody asked, I forget who it was, but they were talking about, like, racing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or something, like, close to that. Oh, yeah, a bunch of them. Yeah, there was a bunch of them. And at some point, either you or or um, uh, Jerry uh, said, man, how did you, or Jerry asked, how did you keep a job? And whoever it was, <laughs> I forget, he said, a lot of guys didn't. They lost their businesses because they were busy racing. I almost mentioned about the wives too, but <laughs> and yeah. it it actually got me thinking. Um, some tracks have actually extended how many weekends they're doing this year. Um, the racing season, people seem to kind of complain that it's getting longer and longer and longer. Well, if you sit back and think about what these guys used to do, it's it's amazing. I mean, some guys were saying you know they would average over a hundred races a year. If yep. not more. Yep. One of them was 120. 120. Do you remember who the gentleman was that was, was being interviewed just before I bought Bugs Stevens over? He was quite elderly. Um, Bugs was I, the I thought first, you were interviewed. No, Bugs was the first interview. Yeah, actually, Bugs was. I went to get somebody, and there was an older gentleman there, and I can't remember what his name was. I mean, he was pretty elderly. The um, gentleman who had the four-wheel drive car? Might be. Yeah. Um, I know his last name is Booze. Was it Chuck Booze? How do you get a name like that? <laughs> the mommy gives it to you. Yeah. She was the drinker of the town then. <laughs> yeah, you had you had relative youngsters like Marty Little sitting in. Marty, of course, is, 
you know, the historian's historian when it comes to racing. And then, you know, Chaplin Bill. I mean, these guys were the young. Oh, I forgot they, about Chaplin. These guys were the youngsters. Yep. Who, it was just, there's two. It was he was beyond of, himself with joy. Chaplin yeah. Bill was dancing around that place. Like a kid. I know. He was so happy. Track. Remember when they were doing their hot laps, he was out there with his motorcycle. <laughs> Praying for everyone. He bike. Saying prayers for him on his He was like phone. a kid. I was saying prayers for him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was Happy great. Chappy. It was great to meet Chaplain Bill. Uh, I was very impressed with Marty, too. It was great to meet him. I had heard about him, but never met him. Marty and his wife. She's a lovely woman. Well, we're going we're gonna to play the show uh, uh, in its entirety right after this, this deal, but uh, uh, it is available on the Real Racing USA. And, and we will be playing our interview with uh, Dutch Hogue, too. That's and right. We did. I I did get an interview with him. Believe it or not, you know, Bonehead, I can do it. You didn't know I was there, but I got an interview with him, and we will be talking to him. You're going to hear it. One more quick thank you to all the wives of those racers who came with them and tolerant. supported them. Tolerant. Tolerant. Of Carol. Patient, wonderful wives, especially Bugsy's wife, if you can hear me. <laughs> Why, you were you hanging all over him? No. He... What have I told you about that, Carol? I saw your post about that, too, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Phil, thank you so, so much. Oh, you're uh, welcome. We'll be doing this again, and, and thank you for personally helping me out and the little car, That's the Tony Stewart car. <laughs> no Thanks. problem, Carol. Thanks, Phil. Have a great night, yeah. Phil. Thank you. You, too. Yeah. Dead air. And that was the Modified Reunion. Yes. The Modified Reunion. It sounds like you guys had a good time. Amazing. Amazing. Well, these events, I'll tell you, these kind of events, if they're if they're when they're when they're well planned and people actually you know put a lot of work into them, you know they usually do come off pretty good. That was it was we were up there, we were remarking about the uh, similarities, even though the, the events were completely different in scale and scope and everything. They were it was very similar to like the um, Sunshine Speedway reunion. It was like it was a, just a very similar feeling about the thing and when you put these events together and you get people who have uh common things together and just for the point of having a good time and, and talking and so forth and um they usually do come out pretty was high. there quaker think, state commercial i mean uh, signs up no okay, just i think um it brings you back to happier times too i was in my 20s when when i was going up to norwood arena happier was, times in your 20s i was gonna say how can get you get out here. You're not having the time of your life right now doing radio. You weren't doing radio when you were in your 20s. I'm still having fun, but it just hurts you. See, what do you think? I think it probably hurt more in your 20s. I don't know. <laughs> right now, I think this is my ha- the happier times, the happiest times. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want right to be now. 20 again. I think I was I in jail. No, I'm just I kidding. Don't, I don't think I'd want to go back. You're going to march off the war, <laughs> young man. Here, no. take this weapon. No, I think when I was 20, the FCC was coming and tearing our That's part right. of radio station. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I had a great life when I was. In my 20s. Then what happened? You moved to Florida? Uh, no. I went downhill. Okay, so listen. We, yes. we have to plug in this uh, this uh, Dutch Hogue. Uh, yeah, we're going to play that. Interview. We're going to play that uh, right when we go off the air. Are we done oh, with the show? We, no, we're not. Next week. Yes, yeah. next week. What about next week, Jack? <laughs> he looks like a deer caught in the headlights. Like <laughs> Well, we'll have a show on Monday, and on the 29th, we're going to go watch we're the races at, at Ocala. No, Twenty this weekend at Auburndale Speedway, they have their big uh, opening night points, mm-hmm. first points night, and um, of course we'll be there, and uh, we'll probably have a bunch of people 
Charlotte County's doing 101 From, laps. Yep. On the one but, will uh, be for the uh, Frank Firestein. Frank Firestein. They are going to have. They expect to have more people at Auburndale this weekend than they had during the Crasherama night, and uh, um, it should be interesting to see what kind of car count they draw because this is. Uh, uh, this will be a, a good uh, a barometer, I think, of how things will go. But uh, the Stars Truck uh, Series. They they're expecting like thirty some trucks. I mean, should, should be a pretty big deal. So uh, that and of course, uh, what's happening in Charlotte? They get a super late model race. No, or late regular model, late models. Regular late models. One hundred one laps. And the one for Firestein. Um, you know, folks, Citra- no matter where you're at, okay, go visit your local racetrack. That's they right. They need your support. Citrus if County. You got a car? Take it out there and race it. Citrus County. They only had 127 cars. This oh, that's week. all. Is that all? Give me hmm. a break. Citrus okay, County. So the Speedway economy hadn't Inverness. hit them. I guess the economy is really rough right here in Charlotte well, County. Things are bad. Well, last year, Citrus County typically had 140, 150. Yeah, but 127 is 140 when you're in that high. The difference between 127 and 140 is not like the difference between 30 and 45. $30 in the pits? I say raise it to 40. Ah, stop it. Oh, uh, you Linda, know, what, Linda, thank you for uh, what, paving my way to get into the racetrack the other day at uh, Charlotte County. Who helped you out to get into the racetrack and uh, up at Desoto? Yeah, at the Italian Mobsters place. <laughs> I just, I, you know, thank you to uh, to John and Fabian. You can't and say MJ that. There, I just call him up and you can't say that. She can, she can call him John. I just, I just called. She him can up call him John. What? I can't call him John. I call him John on the phone. It is Mister Sapricone. Sapricone. Well, he um, says to me, it's John. The so. Italian mobster. You can't say that. Oh, I'm sorry. How come? Well, he has no problem when I talk I don't to think him. John has a problem with that. He's got a pretty good sense of humor oh, John, sometimes. He likes me. He tolerates me just like everyone else. They were great up there at DeSoto. Thank you so much when I came up there and uh, had a good time. Nobody grabs you around the neck? Good night, everybody. <laughs> hey, Rusty. Hey, Rusty. Rusty Marcus, if you're listening... Do it. Don't don't even think about it. Just do it. Absolutely. You will not regret it, Rusty. Just do it. Just get to the <laughs> Dutch Hope commercial, would you? It's time. It's time. All right, folks, uh, this is Rob Elting and C.C. Brooks. We're here at the Old Timers Reunion. And, uh, hey, Dutch, uh, Dutch Hook, would you give us an interview? I don't give no interviews to nobody. Well, that's all right, sir. Um, the microphones are not on. Uh, could you at least uh, talk about maybe Inside Florida? Inside Florida racing who? Who the hell are you talking about, boy? I told you. I don't do no interviews with nobody except for the crew of Inside Florida racing. I'm glad to do an interview with you. Yes, ma'am. What can I do for you, sweetheart? Well, that's funny. Can we at least get some pictures taken with you? I don't think so. Let me talk to my woman. Hold on. (laughs) Bessie? She says, hell no. No pictures. No pictures. No pictures. No interviews. I'm Dutch Hope. Don't you know anything? Don't you know about me? You know how many races I won? Honestly, no, I Who don't. is this? Inside Florida, what? What? Inside Florida racing. All right, folks, you heard it. 
This is Dutch Hope. You're listening to Inside Florida Racing, and I want to say uh, I don't do interviews. Thanks, Dutch. Thanks a lot, Dutch. Thanks so much, You've been great. Good night, y'all. I'm going down to Rosier Park. Don't get caught there after dark. I'm going down to Rosier Park. Don't get caught there after dark. Take a tip from me, old son. Not even if you got a gun. We're going to do the safety boogie. Let my brutal and shake. Just a rockin' little party Get my jive in the cave When you're doing the St. Pete Boogie Don't be contemplating crime When you're doing the St. Pete Boogie Don't be contemplating crime Cause you'll wind up in the cave Just be doing the same, be doing it. 